Star Wars 7x7 episode 2136. Today, we're going to wrap up our look at the Clone Wars with a final review of the final arc of the final season, the Siege of Mandalore story arc. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So this is the last story arc of the last season. I know there was that weird tweet that we talked about, not weird, but that one tweet where the suggestion was maybe there would be more, but I don't think it was more, I think it was just more animation in general, right? And, you know, they're going to be doing more animation <laughs> in general anyway, I'm sure. But... Let's talk about this final story arc, the Siege Mandalore story arc. You know, the funny thing about it is, is that when, you know, I was thinking about it at least, I don't know if this corresponds with the way you were thinking about it, but let me know. I guess I figured that the siege would actually take place across the majority of the episodes of the story arc. And it turns out that's not actually the case. In fact, I think you could safely say the Siege of Mandalore was really only about, you know, an episode and two-thirds or so. I mean, there was that initial battle at the beginning of the Old Friends Not forgot uh, Forgotten <laughs> episode. That was episode nine, the first episode of the story arc, right? And that happened before Obi-Wan and Anakin got onto that holographic Zoom call with Bo-Katan and Ahsoka. So... Yeah, it's not all about the Siege of Mandalore. In fact, really, the story arc is about the events that were happening to Ahsoka in and around the time of Revenge of the Sith. Each of the first three episodes in this arc gives you an indicator of where we are in relation to Revenge of the Sith, right? In that first one, Obi-Wan and Anakin are just leaving to go take care of General Grievous and his kidnapping of the Chancellor. In the second episode, we have that holographic Zoom call with Obi-Wan where we find out that Anakin has been assigned to spy on Chancellor Palpatine. And in the third episode, we had that holographic Zoom call with the Jedi Council where we find out that Obi-Wan is heading off to Utapau to deal with General Grievous. And then, of course, there's the big move, Order 66, that happens during the third episode. There's not really a marker during the final episode, Victory and Death. I mean, there is of sorts. And that is, of course, when Darth Vader shows up on the moon to examine the wreckage and find Ahsoka's lightsaber. So we know that that happens after the events of Revenge of the Sith, but how far after? Yeah, don't know for sure. Probably not very long afterward, I wouldn't imagine. So really, it does feel like it's not so much an arc about the Siege of Mandalore as it is about the arc of Ahsoka's final interactions with the Jedi prior to the implementation of Order 66. And that's something that I feel like we should probably consider some longer discussions about the notion of expectation as far as Star Wars stories being told, that sort of thing. So, you know, I think that's a topic that we're going to be exploring in some detail in future episodes of the show. But one thing I will say about expectations as far as this particular story arc goes, well, I think one thing that we could all agree on is that out of any story arc that was going to be presented to us in this final season of The Clone Wars, this particular story arc, the Siege of Mandalore story arc, was the one that 
was supposed to top all the others, that was the highlight of the season or would have been intended to be the highlight of the season. And I really do feel like it delivered in that regard. It was fantastic all across the board. I mean, from a storytelling perspective, from a scoring perspective, Kevin Kiner really outdid himself in this regard. And from an animation perspective, they really went above and beyond what they have done previously with animation in the Clone Wars. You know, I can remember way back when, when the original Clone Wars movie came out and there were interviews about it. And one of the things that George Lucas had said about the animation style was that it was supposed to be similar to the you know old BBC cartoon Thunderbirds, which was actually sort of animation and sort of marionette-like. And I think people were really put off by it at first. This is an evolution from that. I mean, it's been evolving over the years, but then again, it's also six years down the road from the last Clone Wars episodes that came out anyway, so you would expect there to be some evolution, but they really did pull out all the stops with this, doing the motion capture stuff with Ray Park and Lauren Mary Kim. That's you know, that's the stuff for the lightsaber battle that happened with the Phantom Apprentice between Maul and Ahsoka. And you know, I keep seeing stuff about how awesome Ray Park is, and he is awesome, and that's for sure. I can't say that I've seen a lot about Lauren Mary Kim, and so I want to take a moment here just to celebrate her. So, she did the motion capture performance for Ahsoka Tano in The Phantom Apprentice, and she is a fantastic stunt performer. She's got over 100 credits to her name. She is currently working on, or going to be working on, once production begins again, Avatar 2. She's not new to Star Wars. She was actually part of the stunt team on three episodes of The Mandalorian. She's done a bunch of video game motion capture work, including the Kinect game for Star Wars. She was also a stunt performer in almost every one of the Marvel TV series on Netflix with the exception of Jessica Jones. So she was a stunt performer for Daredevil, for The Defenders, for Luke Cage, for Iron Fist. Pretty amazing. And she has also been a stunt performer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, including you know dozens upon dozens of other movie and television and video game performances. So she did a fantastic job as well as Ray Park, and I just want to give her a good shout out too. Now, there are also some questions that have been left unanswered by this final arc of the Clone Wars. For example, Maul has escaped, but Maul is going to get captured at some point. And what's going to happen with Ahsoka and Rex? Where are they going to go? They are going to split apart at some point. And there's also the question of Wolf and Gregor. Those are two other clones who are working with Rex. When we see them in Star Wars Rebels, at some point they have to have their chips removed as well, presumably, but it hasn't happened yet. So there's another story to be told there. And probably the comparatively least important thing about all this, I wonder if they just decided to lean into Mace Windu being a jerk, or at least being the guy who delivers bad news. Because, you know, I think of him in Revenge of the Sith talking about Anakin being appointed to the council and saying, we do not grant you the rank of master. And... You know, that's obviously a decision that the council has made, but Mace gets to be the one to deliver it. In the Shattered episode, the third episode, when Ahsoka says she did her duty as a citizen, and then Mace comes back with, well, citizen, we can't tell you some of this stuff. I mean, 
<laughs> Why is he being so snippy about this? I don't know. I wondered if they were like, oh yeah, Mace has just kind of had it up to here and above with everything at this point. And so he's just out of control and doesn't give a rolling donut about anything. So he's just snappy period paragraph end of story. I don't know what the deal is, but it was kind of funny to see him lean into that. What, <laughs> what a jerk move by him. Ugh. Anyway, you know, I think back to Celebration Orlando 2017, the Rebels panel, and where they announced that season four was going to be the last season, and Dave Filoni talking about the fact that he didn't get to finish Clone Wars the way that he wanted to, but he was going to get to finish Rebels the way that he wanted to, and that mattered deeply to him. Later on, then getting the word about the Clone Wars and the fact that there would be a seventh and final season and that he was going to get the opportunity to finish it the way he wanted to. I really feel like they put the effort into this Siege of Mandalore story arc. They gave Dave Filoni the tools and resources that he needed to be able to finish this story the way he wanted to. And what a wonderful thing for us as Star Wars fans. And that is going to do it for our review of the final arc of Season 7 of The Clone Wars. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.